Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, I want to bring in current Bearcat basketball player and one of the members of the illustrious UC Bearcat basketball walk-on family, number 31, Sam Martin. What's up, my guy? You staying healthy and safe right now? Doing my best. Losing my mind not being able to get in the gym, but that's the way it is right now. Oh, man, crazy, crazy times. Now, Sam, you're going into your senior season coming up, and you're one of three walk-ons from this past season. And even though you've been there for three seasons, I still think fans don't know enough about you. Okay, so I want to change that right now. So let's go through a little bit of your history. You start off at St. X, um, played basketball under your father, Scott Martin, and then transferred to Summit Country Day, played basketball and soccer. So tell everyone a little bit about your basketball and soccer career in high school. Um, yeah, so I started off at St. X uh, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, we had decent seasons for both, for basketball both years. Um, and then soccer, uh, my sophomore year, we were really, really good. We actually, we lost in the regional semifinals. Um, and the team that won state, St. Ignatius, we actually beat them early in the year. So we had a really good year. Uh, we just couldn't get it done in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And then I transferred to Summit Country Day and um, had a really, really successful sports career there. Um, junior year, I think we lost three games the whole season. Um, lost in the regional finals, Roger Bacon. For about- <clears throat> my, my high school, <clears throat> Roger Bacon. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't get into that. Uh, <laughs> and then senior year for basketball. We lost one game the whole season, which was in the regional finals um, to Roger Bacon again. <laughs> I was going to let you say it. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to bring up old wounds. My bad. Yeah, I mean, they were both really good years, and we we had a lot of good players. A lot of, a lot of guys go play college sports, college basketball. We got um, Alex Dollings playing basketball down Division two at Lincoln Memorial, who was number one in the country his freshman year, number two in the country all year this year. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel for him big time because they had a pretty good shot, I think, at winning the national championship this year. Oh, man, crazy. Um, We're going to talk about that whole situation a little bit later. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tyrese Walker, he's playing basketball at Thomas Moore, so we had a really solid squad. Um, and then our soccer team at Summit was – in my opinion, a little unfair. Um, we lost, I think, three games my whole career. 
Um, and two of them were to the number one team in the country. Um, wow. So we we won state my junior year, nine to zero, and then <laughs> we won it my senior year, nine to one. You 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 know you're not supposed to win state championship games by that much. <laughs> yeah, he held us back too. He told us we weren't allowed to score more than nine. That's crazy. What what would that be? What would the equivalent be in basketball? So, like nine to one. What would the equivalent be in basketball? The blowout. Uh, in basketball compared to soccer, so soccer games are typically one to zero. If you score two goals in a soccer game, it's it's a nice. Nice game. So a nine to zero win in <laughs> basketball terms would be, and I'm I'm doing my best here. Would probably be pretty close to a hundred plus point victory. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's it, we our team was really really good. We had a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, I remember those soccer teams and uh, you guys winning and and you you had a great high school career in both basketball and soccer and starred in both of those. But one of, one of, I think the most interesting questions asked at, to walk on is how did you end up at the school you're at? So in your case, how did you end up a walk on for the Bearcats? Yeah. So um, at the time I was kind of just trying to figure out, where I was pretty positive I wanted to play basketball. Um, so I was looking at some D3 schools, some D2 schools. Um, and I was pretty sure I wanted to, if possible, I wanted to stay pretty close to home. Um, um, my whole family's here, and I just wanted to be able to come back, see some of my sisters play, and if possible, my parents come to my games and stuff. So that was always really important. And so when I was applying, um, Coach uh, Cronin got in contact with me through my uncle. He he knew my uncle um, and my uncle's business partner. And um, he said he asked if I would be interested in walking on. And he mentioned something about a, an Honors Plus program at UC for business. And I knew I was going to do business. So I got into that. And at the exact, pretty much like the exact same time, Coach Cronin called me in for a meeting and kind of just offered me a spot on the team. So it was kind of a, a perfect scenario where I could – I got a scholarship for academics, and at the same time, Coach Cronin offered me a spot. So it was perfect because I could stay close to home and represent the city on, on the UC Bearcat basketball team. Yeah, and you, you might go down. Listen to this, Sam. You might go down as one of the smartest walk-ons in UC history. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't know many, and all jokes aside, but I don't know many players in all of Bearcat sports in general that are doing what you're doing academically balanced with athletics, right? Yeah, um, there's only been a, few, a handful, literally maybe five athletes who have been in the honors program and – done a, a sport at UC, so the, the honors business program, so it's pretty nice. Man, you, you might go into the Hall of Fame one day at UC for doing that. We'll get you a statue next to Big O, and <laughs> you'll be like reading a book with yeah. the statue. How about that? <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, and you know, one time, and I don't remember how 
because you and I had lunch, you had asked me to come to lunch, and, and we had a talk about, you know, balancing basketball and, and academics. And you had some questions for me, you know, what was it like to, to be a walk-on, and which leads me to my next question. Year one, your freshman year, you played in 10 games. Year mm-hmm. two, you played in six games. This past season, your junior year, you played in two games. And from from what I read, you played two minutes. Now, how hard is that on you as a player? And, and listen, Sam, you, you come from being a, a star athlete in high school. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in high school basketball, you were on the court almost the whole time. Um, during games, unless it was a big blowout, so you go from that to in this last this past season, you played in two games, two minutes. Um, how hard is that um, as a player and somebody as competitive as you are? Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Me and uh, one of the walk-ons, John Coes, we were talking about that this year because he just graduated. Well, I guess he's going to graduate. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about how it's crazy how. You know, we played a bunch. Like my freshman year, I played a bunch. I played in a decent amount of games. I mean, I didn't play a lot of minutes, but we got into a decent amount of games. And this year, we already got into any. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like – I realized this really early on in the summer coming into my my freshman year that to be – like obviously it's extremely physically and mentally taxing to be a college athlete no matter what you're doing. But to be a walk-on, it's – a whole different ball game, you know, mentally, you just, you have to understand that everything you're doing is for the good of the team, you know, mm-hmm. no matter, yep. no matter what you're doing, like there's so basketball, especially as it's progressed recently, it's become a very individualistic sport. I mean, you can mm-hmm. see it in the NBA with guys. I mean, they're very concerned about how things better themselves in a mm-hmm. lot of ways yep. with, their, with the contracts going up and all that stuff. And as a walk-on, you you really don't have the option to think that way because if you do, it will just beat you down to the point where you can't do it anymore. And I, I learned that really, really quick. I mean, I remember that first summer I was like, I came to a crossroads. I was like, is this going to be worth it? You know, is, I, I have to be completely committed to this. And yep. once, I, once I made that decision, to be committed, you, you completely just forget about anything that you hope for individually and everything, every goal you make almost has to be for the good of the team. So, No no doubt. And you, you said something um, a few seconds ago about that crossroads you had come to. And, you know, I think almost every player goes through that at some point, you know, walk on to star player, you know, you, you have crossroads is, you know, am I doing the right things? Is this worth it? And for you, being a high academic guy, and you look at your career thus far, you've played 18 games in three years. you played 18 games in high school in one year and probably way more minutes. You probably played more minutes in one high school game than you did your whole career um, at UC. And But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, you know, was it worth it? An answer, in my opinion, is always yes, because, you know, you're showing, you know, the world, you know, um, the, the city, 
potential people that will give you a job, you know, what it's like to to um, be a part of a team, work hard, dedication, because stuff's not easy. But this stuff on your resume, when you're when it's all said and done, is it, it puts you ahead of a lot of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and the experiences that I've had, you know, in the past three years, I would never like if I when I reached that crossroads, if I had chosen the other option, I never would even no matter what I did, would never have had the experience I've had. And like the people I've met and the the bond I've had with my teammates and coaches, I mean, that's just you can't you can't replace that kind of thing. Yeah, no doubt. And um, you're listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm joined by senior to be walk on Sam Martin. And let's kind of jump into this season. And, you know, you came in with Mick Cronin and, you know, Mick obviously did a great job getting the program to where it is now. And then there's a change of coaches. So now we have a shift of philosophy. So how different were things when Coach Brandon came in, not only for the team, but also for yourself? Oh, I mean, completely different. You know, it's like everything changed and nobody really expected that kind of thing. So, I mean, everybody was kind of going into it, kind of wondering what it was going to be like. Um, and for me, like I said, I just had to, as a walk I mean, you know this, you kind of just got to put your head down and grind no matter, mm-hmm. no matter what the payoff is for you individually. Like I said, it's not that's not what it's about. So, I mean, for me, my mindset didn't change at all. It was just a different, maybe the way practices were run and all that stuff was different, you know. Yeah. Now, when 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 Mick left and then Coach Brandon came in, obviously, you know, some players were concerned. They started transferring. Was was there a huge concern for you at any point, like? where the hell's the team going? Will we have enough guys? Were you getting pretty concerned? Um, I was curious to see how it was all going to play out. You know, I don't think I was ever concerned because, I mean, I'd seen what Coach Penn had done at NKU, and mm-hmm. you know, it was obvious that he was the right guy for the job and was going to succeed. I mean, we saw that this, this how it played out this season, but I don't think concern's the right word. I just think I was curious to see how it was going to play out because I had not been in a situation like this. You know, I mean, I, I think what made, I don't think so our team, my sophomore year, we were really, really close. And with all those guys leaving, I think it was, it was kind of hard for all of us that stayed. And we were all just, it took us a little bit to get over those guys leaving because I mean, you lose, it feels like you're losing part of your family. Yeah. But, but I think we all stayed because we all believed in what coach Brand was doing and, we knew he would, you know, write the ship and do what he'd been doing for years already. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And, you know, listen, I, I, I come to practices. You see me at practices. I try to go as much as I can. And when I do go, you know, I try to give some of the fans as much as I can, uh, what, what I call just I open the door to practice a little bit and give them a little glimpse because fans can't go to practice. They usually don't know what goes on. So I give them just just a little bit as much as I can of an inside look. But you're there every day in the trenches for for all this. Um, so your perspective obviously is is, is very unique. Um, can you sum up 
this season, or should I say this regular season, because the season really wasn't completed. But in your eyes, sum up this regular season and how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, it was a grind for sure. I think a very, I don't know if it's the best word, but a very good word to describe, you know, our process from first day in the summer and all the way till all the way until that that last trip down to Fort Worth where we didn't get to play. <laughs> a really good word to describe that would just be relentless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, from that very first workout until the very end, regardless of a win, a loss, whether we had a good day or a bad day, we just we just had a relentless attitude, you know, keep working, keep, keep trusting, trusting the system, trust coach Brandon. And I mean, he, he promised us we would right the ship. He, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that we were on the right track, even if we took a couple L's here or there. And that relentless attitude from our coaching staff and from the team really proved what we were capable of doing in conference. Yeah. Now in, in, you guys would get down second half by 13, 10, 15, just found ways to come back. I mean, yep. we, when you were sitting there on the bench and you've got one of the best seats in the house for the game, um, did it get to a point where we're down in the second half and you're like, yeah, we got this? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. This is one of those seasons where at the beginning of the year, we're winning by 10 with a minute and a half to go. And you're like, this game is so far from over. <laughs> I mean, it, it was four or five games in a row. We went down to the very last shot overtime. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was one of the most stressful times I've ever been a player. You know, like yeah. No matter how much time was left, the game was far from over. Um, and then it kind of flipped on us in conference play, where if we got down, which happened many times, I thought the same way. You know. This this whole season has just been this the game is not over until that buzzer sounds. You know? Yep. Yep. Whether we're down, whether we're up, like there's always more games left to play until the buzzer sounds and I mean sometimes the game's not even over when the buzzer sounds because we go into overtime the way the season went. So Yeah. Yeah. I never A lot played. of overtime. <laughs> yeah. The way the second half of the season went, no matter how much we got down, I always was like we can come back from this. It's it's not impossible. We've shown we can do it. So it's it's a uh, it's a stressful way to live living on that line, but mm-hmm. we figured out a way to manage it pretty well. I think. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, you you could play basketball ten more years, and I guarantee you will never ever experience a season like you experienced this year between, like you said, the overtime game. So was it four overtime plus the double overtime? So 25 extra minutes of basketball, the comebacks, the way the season ended with the coronavirus. I mean, you'll never experience a season like that. If you And Coach Brandon probably will never experience anything like that again. But I think moving forward, it will help not only the guys that are playing now that will be back next year, the Keith Williams, the – Mama Dues and those guys, but also Coach Brandon as a coach, making him stronger for next year and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's this season is the craziest season I've ever been a part of. You know, <laughs> and then, and that's before all this coronavirus stuff that came up. Yeah. You know, 
it's just been one heck of a roller coaster, that's for sure. Wild stuff. Okay, so I want I want to jump and talk about two guys real quick, and um, probably two of the guys that that people look at when they think about this season and, and this team. Um, one is Jaron Cumberland, the other one's going to be Trey Scott. But talking about Jaron, give me, you know, and Jaron got a, you know, on Twitter, and I, I probably look at Twitter too much, but you know, Twitter loved Jaron one game, didn't like him the next. Blah blah blah. Body language is poor. Oh, Jaron's the greatest player ever when he has you know big game, and it was just always up and down. And it was a, you know, he had a, a definitely a different career. But I think, I mean, his career at UC goes down as one of the greats. What did what did Jaron mean to you as far as you know being a teammate and your thoughts on Jaron Cumberland? Yeah, I mean, watching Jaron grow from my freshman year, his sophomore year, all the way to now has just been incredible ride I mean sophomore year obviously we had a great team we were really experienced last year he was the man and this year he was the man and like just the way he's grown not only as a player but as a person is just there's not many people and I can say something about Trey Scott to that later but like it you know you're like me I feel so blessed just to be able to say I share the floor with a guy like that, and I went to war with him every day in practice. You know, I mean, I spent a lot of time guarding this year in practice on at scout team. You know, mm-hmm. like not there's not many people that are ever gonna be able to say they guarded a guy like that. And yeah, he's no doubt had one of the best careers of any UC Bearcat ever. No, no For question. Sure. About it. For sure. Um, and, and looking at Trey Scott, I mean, you, you talk if there is a, I, I don't know what it is, but there always seems to be a blueprint for Bearcat players that come in and stay for four years and they end their senior year on such a high level. I mean, you go back to, I mean, Gary Clark, um, Kenyon Martin, my old teammate, um, Eric Hicks that played at UC. I mean, there's, there's blueprints of guys that come in as, you know, good players and they just leave as, these memorable players in UC fans' history. And Trey Scott, um, in my opinion, from junior to senior year and what he did this year, um, had one of the great, great seasons of any senior that I can ever remember. What made Trey Scott so tough this year? He's just a winner, a winner and a competitor. I mean, I could say that about Darren, too. They're both – that's the reason they were both so successful in their – that's the reason they've grown so much as people and as players is they're just competitors and winners. And, you know, Trey had a stretch there this season where he was one of the best players in the entire country. No doubt. And that's just because he refuses to lose. And, you know, he really he really embodies what not just what a UC Bearcat basketball player should be, but just a college athlete in general. You know, he, he represented our program and the school and the exact way you want your your team captain to do it, and it paid off for him in the way he worked up and the way he worked to improve and led our team. So I'm I could not be more happy for the way he played the the second half of the year and the whole season really. And it just it honestly it breaks my heart that him and Jaron didn't get to finish off their season with an NCAA tournament run because there's no doubt in my mind that those guys would have led us to the second weekend. Which is a great segue to this. My next uh, two questions, 
Um, I heard uh, Coach Brandon say that um, between the Temple game and the time you guys got down to Fort Worth for the for the American tournament, that you guys had some great momentum, some great practices, and he thought you guys were primed and ready to go. What do you think would have happened at American tournament? And would you guys have, based on that, you think you had the resume to get to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think I think our conference proved this year that anybody could win at any time, really. <laughs> yeah. This, this whole conference was – I mean, we honestly, if you think about it, we kind of screwed ourselves because there were so many good teams and we all just beat up on each other that we weren't going to get that many bid, automatic bids or at-large bids, I should say, into the tournament. And that's just a testament to how tough our conference is. But I honestly, I'm not the God believe that we were going into that conference tournament as the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt in my mind we were going to make it a Sunday win the championship. We had tough matchups with, you know, Connecticut, Wichita State. Um, we lost to UCF. Then potentially Houston or at Memphis um, in the finals. But there's there's no doubt in my mind that we were going to three-peat <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then hopefully uh, make a run. I think we were definitely a team that those higher seeds did not want to see in the tournament because they knew what we were capable of and they knew we had the talent and the experience to, mm-hmm. to make a run. As an 11 or 12 seed, we were definitely very, very dangerous because we could easily have been, if things were different at the beginning of the year, could easily have been a 4-3-2, something like that. But um, – I think coach is right. Like when we were looking, we were looking to March knowing that we had a lot of confidence and things were headed in the right direction for sure. Yeah. So let's, this season's obviously over and, you know, we're looking at at next season and some of the returning guys and, um, you know, what coach, coach Brandon now has a, you know, one season under his belt. Uh, which I think is great, but just just looking as I, I was talking to a Bearcat uh, fan the other day, Sam, and he asked me my thoughts on next year. And, and, and listen, I can't comment on the recruits coming in, and and I don't want you to have to comment on those guys either. But um, just looking at the guys that are ne- here now and that'll be coming back next year, um, I really like what I see. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on you know you got Keith. Um, Micah coming back, Mamadou, Zach. I mean, I can go on and on. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think obviously we've got really big shoes to fill with the seniors that we lost. And I think not, not just Jaron and Trey, but, you know, Chris Neal, Javen, all those guys. I mean, it, it was – we're going to have a lot, lot to replace, but I think we got the talent to do it. And we had – not only our upperclassmen are looking good with, you know, with Chris Vogt and Keith and Mamadou, but I think we our, our underclassmen got really solid minutes this year. Yeah. They, they got really good in-game experiences that freshmen often don't get, especially at, uh, especially at UC. I mean, rarely do we have freshmen that make such a big impact right off the bat like those guys did. And I think if they just continue to work and with the addition of our recruits, I think – Next year could be just as successful, if not more, than this year. No, no, no doubt. And, and like, I think Keith Williams next year will, will definitely be a candidate for the conference player of the year. His athleticism is is unbelievable. His improvement from his sophomore to his junior year in regards to 
um, the mechanics on his jump shot. You know, he changed his shot, which tells me a lot about a player. You know, having played with Kenyon Martin, a guy who every year got so much better, and he put a lot of work and time in. So when I see a guy like a Keith Williams, who's already athletic, talented, who makes a mechanical change as drastic as he did with his shot, that just tells me, you know, sky's the, sky's the limit for this guy next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the same phrase I was going to use to describe him. I mean, with his work ethic and his athleticism, I mean, this guy really is a limit for him. There's, there are few people that can stop him when he is clicking <laughs> on cylinders. And, we, I mean, we saw that really show up in the USF game. With, with yeah, and him no doubt. Running the show, and I think he knows it, and I think he's more than willing to uh, take up the mantle that the seniors this year left and kind of lead us hopefully to another conference championship. And like you said, there's obviously our conference has been good the past few years, but Keith is definitely going to be in contention for player of the year, no question. I'm I'm excited, and I know uh, once all the recruiting is finished up and, you know, we get a good feel for for all these recruits, um, and and Coach Brand, I think, can – take this team and put his identity around this team. I'm, I'm excited not only about next year, but uh, the future moving forward. Now, here's what I want to do, Sam. I want to do some uh, quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay. So if you could listen to one song to get you hyped before a game, what's that one song? I'm, I'm a big uh, 70s, 80s rock guy. And I... <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 say say that again. I'm a big 70s, 80s rock guy. <laughs> you don't. First of all, you don't hear that very much from this generation of kids, and secondly, college basketball players. But yeah. continue. <laughs> it is different, that's for sure. But I, I I don't know if I have one specific song. But I could pretty much throw on anything from. Jeff Leopard or Van Halen, it'll probably get pumped up. Okay, and I'm sure your teammates would have no clue who you're talking about. Oh, absolutely no clue. None. Um, so, um, one player during your career, in your entire career so far, that one player that you would go to battle with? That's, that's, that's a tough, tough one. I mean, obviously, I've played with Amazing players from yes, you know, Fred, yeah. Aaron, Gary, um, Justin, Jennifer, Kane, Brew. I mean, there's a ton of guys. But one guy that I don't think gets enough credit that I would go to war with, no question, is Chris McNeil. Ooh, I like that. Tell me why. Chris grinds harder than anybody I've played with. And, you know, regardless of whether his minutes were declining towards the end of the year, he didn't give. He didn't care. You know, he would show up to practice ready to work his ass off no matter what, push every guy. And, you know, you have to have a lot of respect for a guy like that who, when his name was called, you could, te- you could tell the impact he put on a game. It was, we would put him, there's a lot of games he won us for guys oh, strictly based off of how hard he played and the energy that he brought. And, I, I really don't think he got enough credit for that this season, and I would no question go to, go to war with a guy like that. 
I am so glad you said that. Um, I think that's a, a great answer, and I wasn't expecting that to be your answer. But I will say this. I tweeted during the season, um, I really like Chris McNeil, my conversations with him, him being a team-first guy, um, and how he could impact the game in a way that others couldn't, and that was defensively what I call cutting the head off the snake. And he mm-hmm. would always heat up that guard. If you go back to two games in particular, you look at the Iowa game. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, he changed that game defensively. I mean, yeah. shifted the momentum. And then you go to the USF game. Yeah. He was he was heating up the guard and he and when and when uh when coach made the, the change to put Mamadou, it, it changed up how the, the ball screen coverage was. Yeah. And I mean th- those things were so I'm so glad you could fans can hear you say that. Yeah. So that's that's a good one. Now, that leads me to who is your favorite Bearcat of all time. All right. Um, this one might be a little off. You know, unorthodox. He didn't play his whole career at UC, but I remember very specifically, like probably my favorite player in the country that year, Devin Downey. Oh, one, yeah. The one year he played at UC, man. I watched every game, and that dude was electric. Yep. He was lightning quick. and I mean, he's a short dude, but nobody no Nobody could stop him. When he when he went to South Carolina, I was so upset. Yep, yep, no no doubt. And that was that was actually the transition. So he was there with Ann Kennedy, and yeah. it was the transition of Mick Cronin coming in. And you know everyone was hoping that he would stay with with Mick Cronin. Um, but Devin Downey, man, that was a great name you brought up. I mean, kind of like you, sort of guard. Um, and I always said that Devin Downey was like guarding a remote control car. He was so low to the ground, fast, and oh, he was—he was definitely tough, man. Had that little, that little fadeaway jump shot. So good one, good little, good little blast in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, most memorable game so far at UC for you? We've had a lot of memorable, ga- memorable games. Um, too many that weren't good. <laughs> uh, we won't speak about those. Yeah, there's a few I can say. Of those, especially this year. Um, but honestly, the Houston game this year was unbelievable. I mean, I've, I I have not, to this day, I have not been in an arena louder than that arena was. Mm-hmm. We, we were making that comeback. Crazy. And a close second, I got to say a close second, the, the finish to that Temple game, that final senior night Temple game was pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. Way, the way the game played out, we did not play great. And honestly, Temple didn't play great either. But it got down to the end, and obviously Jaron was doing his thing, and Trey kind of struggled that game. He, he mm-hmm. wasn't. He did. He wasn't having the impact he'd had the whole last month and a half. And for him to get that tip in on senior night in front of everybody, I mean, it was just the finish to that game was just so amazing. Just for those guys, I mean, such a blast. Yep, very very fitting. I agree with you on that. Um, so I got two more for you. Two more questions. Uh, what's one thing people would be surprised to know about you? That's tough. Um, are we talking about sports here, or just anything? Just anything. Um, I hold I hold a state record in soccer that I hope won't be broken. If it does, I'll be really impressed. And that is? Um, I, I scored the most goals in a state final game. I scored four goals 
in the state finals my senior year. Four of the nine. Yeah, four of the nine. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty impressive right there. Yeah, that's so, that's so cool. Great that I'll be impressed. <laughs> I mean, the fact that any team scores nine nine goals in a state soccer championship games is insane. Yeah, and I think, the fact that you have four is insane. Yeah, it was, it was funny. My junior year, I tied the record. I scored two. So my senior year, I was like, I got to break it. <laughs> you doubled it. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. This is a tough one for you, okay? Um, and, I'm, you know, I, we talked earlier about how smart you are. Let's see how smart you are. Top three Bearcat walk-ons of all time. All right. Um, I mean, you're up there. I mean, you got to be with, like, the way you've carried yourself and represented the, the Bearcat basketball program after your time there. I mean, very few walk-ons do that, let alone a walk-on from little old Cincinnati, Ohio. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. means a lot. And then number two, I'd be I, – I couldn't not go with Toves. I mean, just the way he was <laughs> – the way accepted by this city, man, like, just, I mean, you still see his uh, his cutouts in the in the student section. Hey, I don't think they're going anytime soon either. So, I mean, no. they've got a lasting impression like that when, obviously, guys like us don't get a lot of minutes. For sure. I mean, the dude had a hashtag, for God's sake, yeah. that they would post on the Jumbotron. I know. That's big time. That's big time. Definitely. And then... A lot of people might people might disagree with me on this one, but I I would be doing my guys a service if I didn't say John Cove is number three. That's that's my man. People not a lot of guys know about him. People kind of like you said about me. Maybe people don't know about him as much as they might know about you or Tobes. But mm-hmm. John Cove, I mean that dude, he works his ass off and he's just an absolute amazing guy. And I'm sad he's gonna be gone. Now. It's, it sucks. I'm not gonna be able to spend my last year with him because he's, he's graduating. But he's he's meant for big, bigger and better things than just UC basketball. So I'm excited to see what he does. Oh, that's great. Three, three, three great answers. And and and, and so for your last one with 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 Kaz, talk to me about the dedication that you two have had to the weight room. And and anytime, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you this. Anytime you guys, anytime opposing teams you know, come to UC, a lot of times I'll know at least one coach or one or two players on the other team coming to, you know, uh, Fifth Third Arena. They always say, like, yo, what's up with the two blogs? Like, are they football players? And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, they're just this team swole, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I when I came, I remember when I came in to UC, I was probably about 150 pounds, you know, just a little – High school cat came in. John kind of got me on the the lifting grind, and now 20 pounds later, I'm here. And obviously, that dude is jacked. And yeah. We kind of took it upon ourselves, especially this year, to kind of you know every we did it last year too, but like this year we wore the cutoff hoodies and everything. So before every single game, away games, home games, we always get the lift in. Make sure, make sure the veins are popping while we were putting up the three signs. And <laughs> make sure that if anybody looked over, they'd be intimidated by us at the end of the bench. <laughs> That's good stuff. 
and, and you know what's so funny about that? I did know that you guys did that. Um, but when I played, um, I would do the same thing, something very similar. I would lift weights the day of the game before the games. Mm-hmm. It's because I, I knew I wasn't going to play a lot. And I'm like, if I'm going to be there with this cutoff on, man, I better be looking good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might as well make sure I'm looking good over there on the sideline. I'm getting a little TV time, so might, there you well, go. might as well look good right over there. Yeah, so um, last thing, what are you going to do with your time during this coronavirus pandemic? Dude, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm spending a lot of time just banging my head against the wall right now. <laughs> funny, I'm, I'm back in my parents' house, and we've just been doing puzzles a bunch the past few days, Jeez. trying to pass the time. Um, I got my girlfriend, her mom works at a gym, so while it's closed, she's got the key, so we went in there and got a nice workout in today. So hopefully we can keep doing that because, you know, it's, it's tough, dude. Especially being, I mean, you know, being a college athlete and going to school, I mean, you, you're busy. It's like having two full-time jobs. You're busy nonstop. Yep. So when that just comes to an abrupt end, like this year did, it's kind of like, what the heck am I supposed to do for the next few months? So. Yeah, it's it's um, unprecedented. We've, we've never seen anything like this. The effect it's had on not only college sports, high school sports. I'm hearing tomorrow they're having a press conference about spring high school sports and they're I'm hearing that they're gonna probably cancel high school spring sports. There will be none. Great, um, which is which is insane. I mean just imagine being a senior and you know you've worked hard to get to that level of being a senior and you know whatever spring sport it might be um, expecting a great season, or even if you have some college opportunities in place, that's depending on how you play, um, you know. But, I mean, I was telling a family this the other day, it's life. And, yeah. You know, you have to adjust. And as much as I hated it for you guys not to be able to play in the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, but, you know, in 10, 15 years from now, a lot of you all are going to have families, going to have bills to pay, Life moves on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's tough. But, like, I, I, you know, I've been – obviously, I see you on Twitter, and you, you've made a good point. Like, this this stuff sucks, but in the long run, it's probably probably the right thing to do. It's just a very unfortunate situation. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and another thing, too, I mean, you never know what will be born out of this, um, meaning – you know, somebody's going to come up with some great invention. Somebody, more millionaires are made during recessions just because people have to creatively think of new ways. So you never know what beautiful things being created and born out of this adversity. So, you know, you, you might get a guy, you know, like a Keith Williams, Micah, whoever it might be, is, is sitting there and plotting out how hard they're going to work when they get back. And, their game could be taken to a whole nother level from this. You just, you know, you don't know and you stay positive, right? Yeah, that's all you can do, really. Just be and ready. You got a, a trip planned that got canceled. Yeah. Let me talk about that real quick. Yeah, so I was supposed to go down to South America for my Honors Plus program. It's kind of a, a mandatory trip that we have to take in our third year um, as part of our graduation plan. And so I was supposed to go down there. 
right? I'm supposed to leave uh, senior night. Um, so I was going to miss March Madness. And so all this stuff is kind of going down. And, like, they're talking about canceling and all that stuff. And so when that's – when it eventually got canceled, obviously, it's bummed because – I'm bummed because it's been planned for the last three years. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know exactly when. But I knew, like, sometime this year I was going to have to go on this trip. But also a part of me is, like, I get to spend the best time of the year with my brothers. Like, it's really not that bad of a deal because I get to stay home and, you know, be a part of March Madness is what we've been working for all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, part of me is bummed, but part of me is not bummed at all. I'm kind of excited, to be honest. And then when this stuff, not even a week later, this stuff all goes down again. Our tournament gets canceled. We fly home, get off the plane. NCAA tournament's canceled. And I was like, this has been one hell of a week for me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go down to South America. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't have to now. I can stay in March Madness. And then March Madness is canceled. And, you know, as crazy as all this stuff was, I don't think anybody really processed that something like that was in play. No. Like, so when that finally happened, it was almost like a gut punch to the whole country, really. So, I know, and I I hope that uh, I hope this thing peaks very soon, and then we can get everything under control and get back to that regular scheduled program, and you don't have to play puzzles with your family for another two weeks. I know. I agree. Um, Well, hey, uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking, and it's always great. You know, we've got some other interviews set up with. Um, you know, guys like Trey Scott and some other guys, and obviously they're star players, but it's also good to good to get the perspective from another player that's on another side of the bench. Um, and I think fans, you know, need to hear that. And I'm glad they learned more about you and your, your love for 70s and 80s rock, <laughs> you know, those type of things. Yeah. You know what, one, one of the most disappointing times every game that we have at home, is whoever's in charge of the music and the uh, the big board, they always start playing uh, We Will Rock You by Queen way too late, so you barely get to hear any of it. So you're, that that disappoints you? It's, oh, big time. I mean, I'm always like, all right, here we go. It's coming. <laughs> it sounds so now, good on big speakers, and then it only plays for about five seconds because then we get out of the timeout, and it's all done. Now, see, this all could change because you're going to be a senior. So you now have these these leadership stripes, um, these right. leadership stars. So you've got to go to DJ E-Train or whoever the one is controlling that, yeah. and you've got to have that tough conversation with them. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe that should be just my first my first quest. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. If next year if I come in and there's more 70s and 80s rock being played throughout the – games I'll I'll know what's going on. I'm not sure how the fans and the players will react to that, but I know you'll be happy. Yeah, that's true. But I I, I might just take it back eight for the good team, you know. <laughs> there you go. Be the walk on. That's right. That's right. Walk on life. Well hey Sam, I wanna um thank you for coming on the uh Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Yeah. Best of luck next season. Yeah thanks for having me All good. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the 
Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at BigMeach41. And soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.